Welcome to the Dr. B Show, sponsored by 111 Spa and Aesthetics. For season one, I'm speaking with Hispanic professionals and leaders in HR and business, all with the purpose of giving back to our communities. Enjoy today's episode. Hi guys, Dr. B here, host of the Dr. B Show. And in today's edition, you are going to get a great insight from my friend Carlos Medina, who's the president of the statewide Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey, the president of his own company, Robertson Aerial Surveys. He's also on the board for Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield, and he's the executive producer of his own show on PBS. So it's a great listen and enjoy the ride. Hi, this is Dr. Jairo Bordo. Dr. B Show. I have a great guest today, uh, my good friend, Carlos Medina. Carlos, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. I'm very happy to have you on as part of my inaugural season of the Dr. B Show, where we have the latest uh, and the who's who when it comes to business and human resources. So, Carlos, tell everyone about yourself uh, as far as education, what you do at Robinson Aerial Surveys and with the statewide Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Yes, yeah, so I'm a Jersey boy, born in Hoboken, New Jersey, um, Hudson County. I went to St. Joe's. I think it's there that I would say I learned the value of relationships and, for lack of a better phrase, you know, hooking each other up when somebody had a connection or connect the, the dot or a relationship. So I feel like I've been in training for a long time for what essentially is what a lot of the hats I wear. It's all about just connecting folks and helping people yeah. out yeah. without any expectation. Um, went to Rutgers. I'm a double Rutgers alumni. Went to Rutgers undergrad, poli sci. Went to Rutgers Law School in Newark. Um, worked as a law clerk for a Latino judge in Pasea County, Judge Nestor Guzman. Did a two-year clerkship with him, which was, as a new judge, it was really educational because... Yeah. Law clerks are really like the research and uh, setting up all the tools and all the all the library that a judge has. So when it's a new judge, it's a tremendous amount of work, but it means you're really getting a lot of value out of your clerkship. And he's also counting on you a lot. So uh, it was pretty cool. And he was a really great gentleman to work with. So uh, I, I thought that was a great early start in my career. Then I worked for a large engineering firm which ultimately led to the firm I own now, Robinson Ariel. Um, some of the individuals that worked at the engineering firm invested in Robinson, didn't work there. We just invested in the purchase. Right. And then about 10 years ago, I bought out all the partners, became 100% owner of Robinson, and then opened some stock purchase to some longtime employees. So right now I have three other partners at Robinson. Um, I'm president of president and CEO of the statewide Hispanic chamber uh, on a lot of nonprofit boards, including the Salvation Army and uh, a for-profit board with Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, which is a company that does about $13 billion a year in sales. Uh, a legend in New Jersey, obviously, and throughout the yeah. country. So very honored to be on, on that board. And I now am working on a new show uh, that'll be on NJTV September 12th called Que Pasa New Jersey with Carlos Medina. So I'll be 
I'll have six episodes playing this year, starting September 12th, kind of nicely in the sweet spot of Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah. yeah. We'll see the six episodes really hug those, hug that month, uh, because it'll air first one September 12th, and then the last one will probably air mid to late October, you know, with replays and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. How'd you get involved with the statewide chamber? The chamber, I was, you know, embarrassingly enough, a very inactive board member. I attended meetings, but I was uh, not active for whatever reason, whatever else I had going on in life. It's almost like that feels like centuries ago. (laughs) And then uh, I remember being at the Teaneck uh, Glen Point Marriott there, and we had an expo which was not that well attended. There were a lot of things going on. There was some sort of a strike there. Senator Menendez didn't want to cross a picket line. Um, Daniel Hara was really weak. I mean, he was a gentleman that always had various medical conditions, so he was wheelchair-bound, but we didn't know the extent of his illness. Mm -hmm. So we literally met in the lobby and had like an emergency board meeting because folks were getting calls from uh, vendors and and people that we owed money to. Right. So it was pretty much a, a pretty serious crisis, and then his health became more dire. And the chairman at the time was Harry Ayala, who had been the chairman from day one. Right. You know, very fine gentleman, but he felt because of his age and all the calls he was getting, he felt, you know, we needed somebody to take over. I would say for a couple months, I just was the active board member. So I went from being not too active to fielding a lot of those calls. Um, Being an attorney, I was on the phone with a lot of attorneys that were threatening litigation, trying to renegotiate payments, renegotiate leases. Um, so the other board members saw that and Harry asked that he be relieved of his chairman duty. So it was kind of like the board pressured me and I enjoyed what I was doing. So I became chairman at that time. Uh, so that was really my, you know, my 180 that I did where I got very involved with the chamber. Wow. From not involved at all to. to, Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, good. So now, uh, you know, you, you know, I've known you a long time, right? I know from the expos and, and, and the galas and things of that nature. So, you know, it's grown such a tremendous chamber, right? So where do you see uh, the chamber, let's say, if you had a crystal ball, right, five years from now? Where do you, what is the vision? Like, what is your vision? Yeah, so I would hope we're one of the more successful. Uh, more the most successful Hispanic chamber and one of the larger chambers. You know, currently we're the largest chamber in New Jersey of any type, right. larger than the New Jersey State Chamber, which I sit on their board, right. and they're a company that the Edison family, <laughs> you know, <laughs> helped start over a hundred year history. Right. It's kind of cool when you see chamber size, you know, chamber ratings by membership. We're larger than them. Right. Um, I see us maybe having a campus or a building where we could kind of not only house our activities, but also be able to help other nonprofits. So if we had a building that had a, you know, a a shared workspace, I would certainly invite the Hispanic Bar Association, uh, Lupe, other people that have a good heart that don't have space. Like I think there would be a tremendous energy in having all these 
do good organizations live with right. un, under one roof because we'd all help each other right. and have event space and have, you know, a commercial kitchen. Right. So that's kind of my dream to have a building that has a lot of what we do all in one place. So people know where to go. Right. Like right now, somebody comes from Latin America and maybe talks to the general council, Oh, you know, call the chamber. It'd be much nicer that they say, well, visit the chamber campus and right. we have lawyers there. We have CPAs, right. you know, really a one-stop shop to help um, start your business, expand your business, do our workshops there, do our classes there. Yeah. So I guess that would be my dream to have a physical space. All right, you get there. You get there. <laughs> and due time. Speaking of Latino business owners, like what advice would you give to Latinos trying to trying to start their own business today? It's a comp, you know, New Jersey's a complex uh yeah. business environment to navigate. Yeah. The good news is if you could navigate it, it's like <laughs> you could do it here, you could do it anywhere. So yeah. Yeah. we're battle tested. But I feel, you know, immigrants and Hispanic Americans are more resilient than mainstream, you know, yeah. business owners. And that's why we continue to start businesses two, three, four times that of mainstream, um, you know, Main Street, Main Street USA. I would tell them focus on the passion, on their passion and, and what they enjoy doing, but don't be afraid to involve subject matter experts. Too many people with passion, you know, hate the legal aspect, hate the backroom administrative work. Yeah. And rightfully so, that's a certain skill set. And it's better to pay somebody to do that because I think you know, albeit you're not going to be very efficient at it, number one, but yeah. it's going to be a big downer on you emotionally yeah. um, when you're not, if you're a chef, you're not being able to cook because you're dealing with negotiating a lease, negotiating a contract, getting your billing in order. Yeah. Those are things better left to, you know, members of the familia, as I'll say. Yeah. Um, go to the chamber and find people that will do that. Generally, there's so many good-hearted people that, if they know you're a startup, they're going to cut you a break. If the attorney charges $300 an hour, he might say, look, I'll do some hours for you free, knowing that you'll take care of me at a future date. Or right. some folks will be willing to barter, especially if it's a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, turn to experts because I see a lot of businesses fail because they just get caught up in that paperwork and in that administrative work that they hate. And then their true passion of cooking, painting, engineering, whatever it might be, does not shine because they get bogged down in, in that paperwork. I agree with you. I, I coach a lot of small businesses as well. And one of the biggest faults is, uh, one, the process, right? Uh, they, don't get, they don't understand the process, right? This from the sales cycle, from start to finish. But the second thing is, yeah, I agree with you 100% to the fact that these individuals, they're too afraid or, or they don't want to be able to delegate uh, some of those administrative duties you just mentioned or some of the accounting duties and, and delegate that to, to professionals for them to focus on their passion. Do you agree with that? Definitely, definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh, I'm going to pivot the conversation a bit. So, you know, there's a lot of buzz as far as diversity. So what advice would you give uh, Latinos to, to join the conversation uh, for intelligent conversation, so to speak, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, whether it's for their organizations or different ERG groups and or for their businesses? I mean... You, I know you've seen me speak a lot, so yeah, I'll keep yeah. on hammering. <laughs> I'll keep it's on okay. Hammer. It's okay. <laughs> I keep on hammering on this point. Like, 
I speak to ERGs, I speak to individuals. It's and you'll see on episode one of Kepasa the experts that I have on episode one. Okay. It's an emotional conversation for me, but I think you kinda have to step back and just show facts and figures. Yep. So companies that have a diverse board of directors, have a diverse C suite and have vendors that better reflect not only their customers, but the communities in which they operate. Statistically, I mean, there's a, a, a multitude of studies that show this do better. They have a better bottom line. So that's an easier argument to make than one that perhaps appears to be philanthropic. Mm-hmm. So I hate to go to a company and say, oh, please do this for the Hispanic community because it's the right thing to do. It's more like do this because your bottom line is going to improve do this because if you have five vendors that are doing all of your facility work, but you open it up to 20 vendors, hopefully diverse vendors, women, African-American, Hispanic vendors, your pricing for vendors is going to drop. I mean, it's really simple economics. Yeah. Right. You know, I spoke with the former president of Rutgers at a round table and it was so frustrating because you know, like my company to bid in Rutgers. I'm a double alumni. I'm a Jersey boy. Yeah. And people that compete with me out of, you know, Kansas are winning mapping jobs to do work yeah. at Rutgers. I'm like, why don't you give people, they're not at the table. Like I'm still not at the table at Rutgers for an example. Wow. So it's beyond me, this, you know, old boys network of people that keep on doing the work, right. but nobody's keeping them honest. It's like, right. You bid, you, that bid was one at a million, you know, and then I asked my team, what would we have done it for? Oh, 800,000. So it's, it's one of the frustrating parts of what I do um, with almost every hat that I wear, right? My company yeah. hat that I need to pay the bills with, but then yeah, also the philanthropic hat. I'm trying to help people. And I know our members have a better product at a better price, but they can't get to the table because it's this, country club of vendors that are excluding everybody else and then pricing goes up you know and that's why taxes you know that's why cost of living goes up it's a lot of it because of this this relationships that exist not only in new jersey but in particular in new jersey where there's a real segregated club of people that all share vendor share board of director seats yeah you know, you see an opening on a board. It's like, does this guy need a seventh board to say? Right. Right. It's like, so just, you, just keep on preaching and showing folks why it, it's good business. Exactly. But it, it, it's hard. It's a tough message yeah. to penetrate into, into some segments <laughs> of New Jersey. I know. I know. Just a quick follow up on that. Yeah. You know, I, I talk about networking externally. What do you think we could do as Latinos to kind of network internally? You just mentioned how, how we still have issues with, uh, with you know, with having a voice when it comes to things of, like, like your personal example with Rutgers, um, with bidding, for example. So what can we do to better network internally? Networking is, you know, not to, not to shout out the chamber value, but as you know, the chamber yeah. is a great organization and there's a lot of organizations that, uh, that are, you know, you're able to share your stories and network and, and connect those dots that I mentioned earlier. So yeah, if you, are, are dealing with like-minded individuals, then you're going to get the lead on the opening of a board of directors or a C-suite opening or a vendor bid. And if there's somebody that could be close to a decision maker or is actually a diverse decision maker, it's just constantly 
uh, giving that message. I know I do it and I probably drive people crazy, but <laughs> I'm just constantly trying to present facts on unemotionally. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You, you brought up a good point. We're going to segue into my next question. Hi, Dr. B here. Are you struggling to get rid of stubborn fat, but don't want to have plastic surgery? 111 Spa and Aesthetics non-invasive slimming massage can help you get the body you always wanted. 111 Spa and Aesthetics can also help you when it comes to cellulite treatments and body contouring massage. 111 Spa and Aesthetics offers a full range of skincare services, including facials, acne, scar treatments, skin tightening, microdermaspiration, and more. 111 Spa and Aesthetics are trained professionals with extensive skincare experience and utilize only the best equipment possible. For more information, please visit their website at www.111aesthetics.com. That's one O N E eleven. L-E-V-E-N Spa Aesthetics.com located at 10 East Munaki Road in Hackensack, New Jersey 07601 and to make an appointment don't miss out 201-520-1777 201-520-1777 Spa and Aesthetics so you're on the board for Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield, one of the premier organizations in the state of New Jersey. How did that come about? Just, uh, just out of curiosity. Yeah, it's an interesting story. So uh, Bob Marino, who was our president and CEO many years ago, was pretty active with the chamber. So I would say, you know, talk about the word relationship and what I yeah. did in Hudson County. Yeah. Um, we became friends. We would do breakfast. We would do lunch. And I think that I was a valuable resource just for you know, government affairs, relationships, he would vent. At the time, Omnia was launching and there was some pushback, even though it ended up being an amazing product. And one of his legacies is the cost reducing structure that Omnia presented, which is kind of a coalition of hospitals. So you're tiered, but you negotiate volume. So that really saved consumers a ton of money. But some politicians um, felt slighted that Horizon didn't speak to them. But that's a typical New Jersey, like, hey, you didn't come talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> so such a gentleman, he, you could see him sweating, like, oh, my God, Carlos. And, you know, I know people. I was like, well, why don't you call John Doe? Maybe I could reach out to him. And this went on for quite a while. At some point, I just asked him, you know, I had the desire to talk about the Horizon board, but I always felt like, when you look at the caliber of the folks on the horizon board, there's a gentleman who is the president of the national league in baseball. I mean, it's a really heavy hitter. So I was like, man, I'd love to be there. I'm not qualified to be there. So finally one day at lunch, I just said, Hey Bob, why do you think of the horizon board? You know, do you think that's something? And he like a light bulb went off. He goes, Oh my God, Carlos, you know, we are doing a search now. I'm going to put you in contact with the governance committee to see if they want to sit with you, you know, get me your resume. And literally, maybe two months later, I sat with governance. I met with the, the head of the board, the head of the government subcommittee, and mm-hmm. it went well. And the rest is history. I history got nominated to the board. So I guess the lesson there is don't be shy and ask yeah, for right. what you think, you know, um, you think that you could do and you think you could perform. I think I've added a great value to the board and a diverse voice. It yeah. is a very diverse board when you look at the composition and it's always 
front of mind when uh, openings occur both on the board and at the senior level and the senior uh, executive level at Horizon. I'm kind of seeing it from the inside and can appreciate the struggle um, and the headhunters that they work with and, and the real work that goes in to make sure that, uh, you know, diversity is top of mind. They recently even put together something called the pledge, okay. you know, in light of what happened, uh, you know, the, the things happening in, yeah. in our society now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very proud to be with that organization. It's a great organization and yeah, that's how I, that's how I got lucky and, and, uh, was noticed. <laughs> Awesome story. Awesome story. How could people like you and I be more, uh, get to that point where we're, we're at boards for, you know, organizations like Horizon? What do you, what advice yeah, do you, what so you give? One, one good avenue would be to research an organization called the Latino Corporate Directors Association, LCDA. I'm a member by virtue of my, um, board membership, Okay. but I have a lot of colleagues that are not on boards, but they're individuals with high growth potential and what LCDA feels are on a track to be on a corporate board. So they have memberships for non-board members. So it would be more like what you would call aspiring board members and they have training, they have networking events. So I would go on there and try to become a member. Okay. I know I've been mentoring a couple folks and that's been one of the directions I give them is to get them involved with that organization um, ASEL, which is H-A-C-R, which yep. Sid Wilson, Sid Wilson. Yep. Uh, Hispanic Association for Corporate Responsibility, work together. So it's a good one-two punch. But LCDA's mission is uh, to get more representation because the numbers are quite embarrassing, actually, oh, when you look at the numbers on, on right. the board. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, let's pivot the conversation. Thank you. That was great information, by the way. Uh, tell me about your show on PBS, uh, as you were mentioned earlier. What are you trying to highlight? What is the what is your goal? What inspired you to get involved with that project? I guess it's a- yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of pu- PBS Public TV. You get to see shows that perhaps commercially are not viable. So the fact that they're public TV uh, makes them available. You know, obviously everybody knows Sesame street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Legends on PBS. Yeah. Um, but TV in general, but in particular public TV, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me or told mm-hmm. our stories. Yeah. So I've been working for about five years with the station. Uh, John Servideo, who's the general manager there at the NJTV studios. And I, you know, I've probably been bugging the poor gentleman for so many years, <laughs> giving him uh, <laughs> what you call a treatment, which is like a one page. Exactly. Idea. Yeah. Um, so for years he's been telling me, Carlos, just do it, you know, create it and it will happen. And then right. you know, right. life happens. You get, exactly. you get tied up on why or why not. And then I made a little bit of a left turn with a show called Images Imagines, who had won an Emmy award, who was a show that, had been dormant for close to 10 years, really had done one-off specials here and there. So I figured that was a way to still fulfill the dream. So I helped launch the show images or relaunch the show and they had two episodes. Uh, But then I just wanted to do my own baby. I'm not even sure that images would be viable in the future um, with the pandemic and what's going on with Rutgers. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how the show happened. Very excited. I'll have six episodes starting September 12th. Um, delivered, about to deliver episode two, working on episode three this week. So it's been fun. And all those 
left turns along the journey have helped me. So images ultimately, I think, kind of like the horizon story. I didn't realize my network. So people that have been in the industry for 30 years, like, oh, I can get Gloria and Amelia Estefan. And in two days I get them. I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) these are the experts. And yet they're they're looking at me like, how did this kid do this? I was like, wait a minute, I can do this. If if seasoned (laughs) professionals can't get this talent, Zoe's Albana. So the people I was able to get really even surprised myself. I was like, wow. Um, my network is, is, is important and valuable and let me have a control over that. You know, why, why do it for somebody else when ultimately, you know, kind of like the entrepreneur dream, let me do this for myself Exactly. and ultimately I control the content. I control what gets edited. I control what the story is. So much better for me to do it on my own, on my own terms and my exactly. own vision. So. And another accidental turn was working with uh, Amigos de Univision. So yeah. they have a, a handshake with the statewide Hispanic chamber. So our chairman, Luis De La Haz, and, and I do a weekly show. It's now Saturdays at 1230 on Univision where uh, we interview entrepreneurs. I've interviewed, you know, I interviewed the governor. I interviewed, interviewed Congress uh, people. So uh, Luis interviewed Tammy Murphy last week. So it's been great that Univision realizes that same value that I just told you about. Yeah. And man, is it practice speaking in Spanish? And then I know. Tell me about it. To do my my show in English. (laughs) It's the example of like Rocky training with like a bag. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a struggle for me to to get my point out in English yeah. that when you let me loose, I mean, in Spanish, so when you let me loose in English, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm too fast. My director's like, Carlos, slow down. <laughs> I'm so slow in Spanish. I'm like, oh, to get yeah. my thoughts out is so yeah. hard. And there's Same words I just cannot pronounce in Spanish. So. Same with me. Same with me. I, gotta, I have to practice and practice yeah. and practice and rehearse. That's great. That's awesome. Where can people find information regarding for the show, in the chamber, or for your own business? Where can they find you? So, you know, for my business is RobinsonAriel.com. Um, for the show, you know, is KepasaNJ.org. Um, the chamber is SHCCNJ.org. Um, all pretty active on social media also. So the Kepasa Facebook page, we only launched about a week ago, but I think we're up to 700 uh in, uh, followers or 700 likes on there. So I'll try to also have exclusive content. Okay. My idea is when you, when you shoot for NJTV, they in essence own the product for 14 days. Mm-hmm. So when that airs on September 12th, I can't do like a watch party. I can't do anything oh. with that footage. Right. But after the 14 days, my goal is to cut it up into smaller segments. So right. release. If I have you know, Sid Wilson on, or I have a small entrepreneur on, my goal is to gift them that footage. Right. But now they have a marketing tool. They have a piece of, uh, you know, free marketing that they could share with their networks, but it's also beneficial to the show. So it's a very nice symbiotic relationship. Exactly. exactly. You know, here's Senor Sangria. Here's your five minute interview. Hey, eh? you know, in 14 days, you could use it wherever you want. Right. Um, but hopefully it'll drive engagement back to Kepasa and then lead to uh, additional story leads and, and really just uh, an awareness of the network and awareness of that company's 
journey. So that's what I'm trying to highlight, the journeys and the role models of the Hispanic community. That's awesome. Well, Carlos, great conversation. Uh, half an hour without realizing it. So thank exactly. you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the Dr. B Show. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, man. Thank Pleasure. you, man. Pleasure, man. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Dr. B Show, sponsored by 111 Spa and Aesthetics. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite platform.